to this week's episode of Men of the Machine, and today, remember last time how I joked around and made a bunch of goofs with you about how we were totally doing the uh, next installment of Halloween in July as the next episode? Well, that was just a big goof. That was just a big one-two on you, because what we're actually going to be doing is following up and explaining to you the super awesome camping trip that I went on. The, uh, the m- trip down the mighty Susquehanna part two. Well, I guess part two. This is uh, the second annual trip that I've done with these group of guys, which you're well aware of if you've listened to the show before, because uh, I talked about it last week and numerous other occasions. Uh, and I just figured, A, I got back late and wasn't able to go to work on Monday, which means the Wednesday we were going to record on, I have to go to work, and I screwed us on the Halloween thing. But also, I have, like, DJ and Craig asked me today uh, how it went, and I was like, yeah, it was awesome, and I told him a few things, but telling the same story over and over again is exhausting, so instead, I can sucker those fools into listening to this podcast and hearing it all here, which, trust me, is way better. I can get into way deeper detail and explain everything in a more interesting way, because when I'm talking with you in person, I just kind of, I get very excited and hyped up. And I get really jazzed up about certain things, so this way I get to just kind of talk my way through it. So, what it is, is last year for Greg Beauchamp, my, was gonna be the best man at my wedding, what we did for his uh, bachelor party is we went, six of us, me, Dave, Greg, Kyle, Zach, and Freddie, went down the Susquehanna for three days, and it was incredible. Got out, we had a bunch of boats tied together and went down. Turned out awesome, everyone had a great time, camping was fun bunch of wonderful memories. Uh, I talk about it on a different episode, which I don't remember what it's called, but I will find it while I'm talking. And um, we decided at the end of it, hey, we're doing this every year. Like, we have to. That was so incredible. How can we not follow this up? So then we started planning. Oh, really long time ago, we started planning the second edition of it. And Dave decided it was going to be really, really awesome to build this, I don't even know how to describe how incredible this thing was, but to build this pontoon raft uh, setup, it was five barrels on each side, the big 50-gallon plastic barrels on each side, bracketed to a four-part wooden deck. And he built this whole thing on his own. We all gave him money. He needed it for materials. We should have gave him a lot more because the amount of uh work that probably went into it deserves a lot more but that's neither here nor there uh and what we did was we went to oops i'm getting a call uh franny can call him back in a minute um so what we did was this year we got eight nine of us this time up the amount of people which can be stressful there there's a tipping point on group activities whether it be a trip or like uh, flying somewhere, a road trip, camping, or even just a party at your house, there's like a tipping point um, to where there's either A, a ton of people and you can pair up and have fun, a very few amount of people, so everyone's included, and then that kind of middle point where you get kind of sides, but not like a bunch of them, more like just two sides, or one person gets ostracized, which was kind of me, or a little bit other stuff. And uh, this year we had nine of us, and it was bordering on that, but it, it still landed well within its means um and turned out incredible so what we did we show up to dave's i went there on thursday and when i got there they were it was in the water and they were setting it up and uh 
D- David had a surprise for us. He, we thought it was just the raft, and we were gonna like stand up paddle it gondola style, or sit on the edge, or pull it with a rowboat like we did last year. And what he's mounting is he took a bike, chopped it in pieces, flipped it upside down, and welded it to a piece of plating that bolted to the deck. Cut a hole out, ran a, a gear down on a you know a shaft to a gear, which met another gear and another shaft, and had an actual boat propeller in the water. And his genius plan was, you know, someone he had this big metal chair sit in the chair and just pedal and the uh propeller would spin fast enough to move us along well it was a great plan it was it was wonderfully flawed the issue was he geared it like a normal bike gear and it was set for like two rotations of the propeller to one rotation on the gear uh for your feet that is not i mean you could sit there and pedal as hard as you could and you were not moving at all and one of the biggest issues was there was no resistance at all it was like when you get onto an exercise bike and you just sit there running and you're wondering you like it takes more energy to hold your feet in the air than it does to actually pedal it so it was a great theory and we actually did use it there was always someone in that seat just pedaling along whether it be for exercise or for uh it helped with steering that is one thing i will give it if you steered he put a little rudder on there if you actually turned that and pedaled it did help turn but that was it. I mean, you could do little donuts in the water, but you couldn't move forward. So it had its uses. But it was a, it was a really funny surprise. Everyone started laughing, like, "What the you know? What the hell are you doing?" But it was worked out, and we tested it out, and we had a good time. And we ended up sleeping at the at the lake that night just to prep, you know, chit chat and beers, whatever. So the next day is prep day. Everybody's there. Everyone shows up at minus two people. I'll get to that. And we get the everything loaded up. Luckily, I drove my truck because we actually ended up loading that because the only other thing we had was a Subaru and a trailer, and the trailer couldn't hold all the barrels because it was a little six foot trailer. So we got all. So it's a good. So we loaded my truck up, got the boat on, loaded the car up, got the deck up on. Everything's in pieces at this point, uh, and everyone's together. We find out what kind of beer we're bringing. We actually brought an entire keg and put it on the deck, and that was the coolest part because last year we ran. We thought we brought enough. Everyone brought a thirty rack per person. That should be enough for two days. It was not. So this year we had a keg and that was already, we had a uh, insulated cooler. We put a bunch of ice. It, it actually stayed cold even Sunday when we had it out of the cooler, like it was still cold. Those kegs hold the freaking temperature. But anyways, uh, we load up and we head out. There's uh, At this point in time, there's seven of us. You've got me, Dave, Kyle, reoccurring from last year, Zach, reoccurring from last year, uh, two of Zach's friends, Mike and, dear God, why can't I remember his name? Brandon, and a newcomer to the camping. He was supposed to be there last year, but newcomer, Nate Carmen. And we all loaded up. And we head on out, and we go to Price Chopper, and we get food. Another thing we were super preparing for, last year, we ran out of food really quick. One of my favorite moments of all of last year's trip, and I talked about it on the podcast, uh, the last one I did about this, which I don't know what I titled it, it, and I always do some stupid pun based off what I was talking about, so I don't think I'll be able to find it. Just go listen to Men in the Machine. If you haven't heard the discography that's really disrespectful, go listen to it. But anyways, uh, was we ran out of food last year, and Kyle caught a big catfish, so we all woke up Sunday morning starving, just ready to get on the water and go, to Kyle holding this big-ass, like, foot-and-a-half-long five-pound catfish. And we, uh, it was, we cooked it over the fire, and it was wonderful. So this year we were confident not to let that happen. So we went a little bit overboard on the food. We bought just two coolers full, tons of snacks, and we brought a cooler, a separate cooler, full of beer as well. So Friday night, 
because we were missing two people, because they were catching up to us later, we decided to bring beer just for that. So we don't start the keg until everyone's ready. Uh, so we get down to the dock, Hickory Park in uh, Owego, New York, unload it all. We're taking up, I mean, there's barrels here, there's wooden planks here, there's like all of the uh, equipment for the rotor and or the propeller and the footings. There's all the coolers, there's the other rowboat that we bought or brought with us, sorry. Um, and then all of our camping bags and people are coming to unload their boats and you can't really move that stuff swiftly. It's not getting your boat out the way. So we're like one piece at a time trying to get out of people's way while also putting this thing together. It took about two hours from the time we showed up at Hickory Park to the time we were on the water, maybe an hour and a half, which is a lot longer than, uh, than, than we wanted it to be. Our, our estimation, uh, we estimated everything wrong, but our estimation on this was about an hour and we went over that. But what happened was date Greg was unable to get out of work for the full day, so he had to work a half day, so we didn't have him with us. And Spencer also had to work, but he lives down near New York City, so he had to work a full day, drive up, go get his stuff from his father's, and then get on the water. So we were expecting to see him like 11 or 12 at night. He was going to be midnight rowing. Well, he had a little en- little electric motor, so not rowing, propelling. We get on the water, we start drinking, this thing does not move fast. So then we start, just like last year, start rigging up a way to move it. And we get the boat under. We actually tied the boat to the front of this. And instead of having multiple boats, we had just boat, then raft, then a line back, uh, our friend's kayak, and then a line back, and the relaxation station. The funny part about this was Dave's entire purpose for building this raft was to not have so many boats in a straight line, not snake our way down the river. And it turns out we actually had an even longer snake this time. The only reason we had that uh, Brandon's kayak was because he had to leave early Sunday morning, so he was just going to kayak and leave. So that wasn't a huge issue. We could have slid that under the um, raft. like it, it sat high enough off the water, we could have actually fit it under there, which was the original plan for the rowboat. But because the raft moved so slowly, even with people paddling, we had to tie the, ra- uh, the rowboat to the front of it and use the oars just like last year. We actually made less progress and moved slower this year which comes to our overestimation number two. We thought we were going to greatly surpass yet last year's final destination. Last year, we made it to Sare. This year, we didn't even make it halfway. Uh, No, we probably made it halfway. But that's being, like, we had, from where we docked, we made it 10 miles, I think, on the second day. From where we went to sleep on the second day and then from where we got in the water and found a uh, exit, I think we were like six or eight miles away from where we made it last year. So we weren't even close. We were moving super slow, which there's a lot of reasons for it. But we get the setup right. We got the line. Relaxation relaxation stations filled up. Rowboat's got everyone's bags in it. Coolers are on top. Kegs up on there. Everybody's in position, and we all just start going. And uh, we wanted to be in the water at 10, we got in the water around 12, I think it was, like 11.30. And sure enough, we're half an hour down, maybe not even. No, a little more than that. And Greg shows up. And we, we thought we were going to freaking... He also brought a kayak. We thought he was going to be long gone. Or I mean, uh, we were going to be long gone and he was going to have to catch up. Nope, not even a little bit. So we uh, are all sitting there drinking. He shows up. He's got beers. He's drinking. Sure enough, we got another kayak to add. So now it's rowboat, raft, kayak, relaxation station, kayak. 
And next year, we're definitely bringing kayaks because it worked really, really well for like recon, go out and check to see if the water is deep enough or just someone was out fishing a lot or back and forth from the boats. It, it worked out really well, but we completely failed on our uh, ambitious move to make this thing smaller. So we're having fun, drinking, having a good time. Everyone's together. We're moving really slow. We were just, our, our goal was to get past what we're calling Pain Island. And that's because last year there was um, some unfortunate incidents Sis in in Sedai with one uh, one of our guys and there's nettles on the island and it's all muddy. Ah, oh, it was just a mess. But that's exactly where we made it to this year. Last year it took us. We got in the water at like three thirty and we docked at like four. Uh, when did we dock? Six thirty seven. Took us three hours, maybe four, to get there. This year we're on the water at eleven thirty. We got there at about six or seven. So goes to show how much slower we were moving. And we decided to set up shop, pulled off. Nothing, maybe something did. That's the problem with trips like these. You're drinking the whole time and the sun's beating down on you and you're exhausted. You, I, I can't remember if anything like major, you know, of, of note happened during that first part. But one thing that is worth saying, last year we were Vikings. There was a Celtic music playing, which I don't know if that's Viking, but that's what we were playing. Everyone's shouting and cheering and smashing beer cans together and being idiots. This year we wanted to be pirates originally, but it kind of turned into we were river rats. And the big joke that everyone was stuck on was uh, saying stuff like, yeah, daddy, and oh, no, daddy. And uh, whenever someone was out, like Nate was in the back, he's just floating, like not moving. And I just go, hey, Nate, what are you doing? What are you doing, Nate? And then like four or five of us would all chime in and you just hear this loud echo of, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, Nate? And just riding through the water. Oh my goodness, it was insanity. But I don't remember anything like major happening that first little rowing trip besides going super slow and no everyone just wanting to relax, which how can you blame us? It was incredible. Uh, so we got to Payne Island. Everyone, we dock. We're putting our uh, hammocks up. Everybody had a hammock this year, which was wonderful and a really good system. Sorry, I had to have a drink. And we get the hammocks all up in place. Uh, and we start the fire. And we start cooking so much. We ate nonstop on this trip, which was actually Dave's favorite thing. He always wanted to cook. And uh, everybody is on the on the further end of, of drunk and um, not like wasted or anything. I don't think anyone actually got – Dave got super sloppy once, but I don't think anyone got really too crazy with alcohol. And uh, Greg got a. This was the this was the only bummer of the trip. Was Greg got super sick on the first night, and we're not entirely sure from what. But his head was killing him, and he threw up, and he slept for like ten hours. He crawled into his hammock at nine p.m. or not even, and we didn't see him until the morning. Actually, it was before that because nine p.m. was when he get out got out of his hammock to throw up. So he was his head was pounding. He was sick from something. Luckily, the next day he woke up great. But we all decided to stay up till. Spencer showed up. That was the big goal. So we're chit-chatting. Music's going at all times. There's speakers playing. Uh, and we're trying to contact Spencer. And turns out he's not, I mean, shoot, he didn't even get in the river until almost midnight. And then we're all like, all right, it's 1.30 in the morning. He's just kind of, we called him. He's just lazing around fishing and stuff, having a good time. So we're like, all right, we're all going to bed. Next morning we wake up to him screaming our names and hooting and hollering and we walk out and he's just going back and forth he's been fishing all night the man didn't go to sleep he woke up at x amount in the morning the day before went to work drove up from new york city 
hung out at his dad's for a second, got his stuff, came out and fished, and he did not go to sleep. And he caught two big catfish, uh, which they had a very sad life, a very unfortunate life, but we couldn't, we didn't cook them yet because we were having breakfast, other types and whatever. So instead, he tied a rope from through their mouth, through their lungs. Like, you, I mean, that's not super uncommon to hook them that way and tied them to his boat so they'd stay in the water and stay alive and stay fresh. That water. So the biggest issue we had this entire trip, which actually had some of the best moments, was because of how low the river was this year, we bottomed out. Oh, my God. We bottomed out like five or six times uh that was on the first day. Second day, we did it even more. I mean, we had these big tow lines. You had to hop off the raft so it came up a little higher. All the other boats did fine. Hop off the raft so it came up a little higher. One person had to grab the rowboat. Two people were on the front corners of the raft with toast, like these big tow ropes. Two people standing on the front of the raft lifting up so that the barrels, because they're flat on the front, weren't digging, and the rest of us on the back pushing. I was usually one of the people with the ropes because I preferred that. I just went to it. Um, that was the worst part. We had to do that... So, oh, it was that thing's heavy as shit. And sometimes it was for really like 100 foot to 200 foot distances of just walking with it. And that was just a mess. So we were worried about Spencer. And apparently he did have to do that a few times. Not as much. He had a canoe which sits higher up and he was by himself. So not as much weight. But he did have to do that throughout the end, uh, throughout the night. So we loaded up all our, we're eating. We made just the messiest campsites. I, I have some reservations about people who are germ freaks because we had a, a multiple moments. Oh, that's worth noting. Uh, while we were setting up camp and stuff, Brandon is out fishing. He catches five or four smallmouth basses. It was glorious. And we, you know, Kyle cleaned them and took the meats off and we cooked them up and they were delicious. But we had raw fish guts and stuff on top of our coolers and we had like burgers that thawed too quick and just became like ground beef. We were we were just kind of making them into random meals route and the blood was getting all over everything. And like there was raw meat and like bacon grease and obviously we're dirty from the river and ah, it was disgusting. But none of us got sick and we were never really able to clean anything slash we're too busy doing other stuff to care. But we got it moving anyways. And uh we get we get all we have our breakfast we get all cleaned up Greg's feeling good which is a relief everyone's like having a beer in the morning to wake up to um, we decide to get back on the water and we load back up now Saturday about the same as last year is kind of a blur and this is part of that where I said was like we were getting ostracized ostracized so in the group chat anyone who knows me I I can be a little bit of a troll there's no getting around that that's just a fact but uh. I was just being an asshole. So when, when we all got up in person, that was kind of expected of me. Everyone was joking about me being a troll. So I you kind of feed the flame there. But as time went on, like, say we were rowing a certain way, I would recommend, I wouldn't even demand, I would just be like, hey guys, why, why don't we try this out? And I would get heckled as like being a delegator, which sometimes I probably was. But most of the times it was just like trying to pitch a good idea that I thought might work. And two of which I totally turned around on Dave and said, you, you know, threw it back in his face, like, see, I told you that would work. And he would laugh it off. And we had a good time with it. But that ended up happening a ton where I thought I was trying to help and they thought I was trying to boss him around. And that was kind of a bummer, which kept me down every now and again, but not enough to ruin any experience by any means. It was just like a weird scenario, not at all like last year. And I think part of that came from the amount of people that was there. So there's only six of you. Everyone can agree on something really quick. But if there's nine of you and one person says something that 
one other person disagrees with, you can really quickly set up this sort of like team environment. But anyways, the best part of the whole trip, Saturday flew by, whether it be drinking or whatever, like ambitions of trying to get somewhere and rowing and whatever. The, the best part of Saturday was we got beached multiple times, but the first one really caught. We got beached at this one point, which last year was this awesome raining S-bend. Well, the water was so low, the bend was still there, but it was all rocks. So when we got beached, we're like, yeah. this became an ongoing joke as well. Every time we got beached, which I don't know why I'm calling that, but every time we got beached, we decided to have food. Um, so we got beached, and there was actually, we were cooking burgers at the time on the water. So the burgers are like getting burnt because we're all out there pulling it. So we're like, screw it, let's eat. While we're eating, people are sitting down in the water because it was so shallow and just letting it, it was moving quick because when it's shallow like that in those spots, it actually moves a little bit faster or at least gives the impression it does because the rocks and such. So we're all standing there, sitting down, eating, having a good time, and one person realizes when you lay back, if you if you T-pose it, if you Christ-pose it, or even spread your legs a little bit, the water will actually grab you enough to carry you along, whether it picks you up with buoyancy or adds more resistance. And that became like the most redneck uh, uh, water slide of all time. Like You just laid down, picked him out, and went. And we thought it was the funniest thing, and... This one wasn't the best one. What happened here was we were all doing it, but there was a point where it got too deep to touch and you couldn't turn and fight the current. And two of our friends actually got pulled out and they were like legitimately scared. And the rest of us kind of drunkenly assholes were laughing our faces off. We thought it was the funniest thing in the world, which in retrospect, you know, not, not a good idea. But at the time we couldn't help it. Uh, we just really couldn't. And uh, it turns out the river had so many lows and high points, and it was moving so slow that once you got through those, it didn't matter anyways. There was no harm. But that was a pretty funny moment. Just like burgers burning, we're beached, the sun's killing everyone, so we decided to get in the water, and it turns into like a slip and slide. But later, we got to another point that had something very similar. And again, we took lunch, and again, we laid down the water and went. This one was a little less pleasant. Uh, one, you couldn't get swept away. You got down to a deep part, but that was never above your waist. It was like, it was like belly button for me, maybe a little higher. So you could just stand up. Even if you couldn't fight it, you can stand up and walk to the side, which we did. And we did it again and again. But when you were going down and you stood up, you realized there was all this moss on you. And then when you looked at the moss, turns out it wasn't moss at all. It was, I, I don't know what, some sort of insect, uh, anthropod type larva thing little worms little wiggly green creatures that ranged from like barely visible to full-on caterpillar sized things and we were too dumb to we were just doing it and they're like oh it's biting me ah and i was joking with them i was like oh it's all in your mind there's no they're not biting you i personally never felt them bite me but everyone else claims to claim they did so maybe i'm just not good enough for these insects but when we all got up we're, we're trying to clean off they're in they're in your gooch they're up under your biz, and they're in your butt cheeks, and they're in your bathing suits, and if you're wearing a shirt or a life vest or whatever, they're in everything, and that was just, that was the only bad part of the whole trip, was just how, it just made you, you don't want little creepy crawlies on you, like, in that capacity. Put a few of them on my shoulder, and I can look at them. Fine. That's cute. That's adorable. But covering your body and, like, wiggling around and allegedly biting you, it just, it just wasn't, it didn't work for me. But uh, not the point. Anyways, so we're doing that. We're eating. We pulled the raft over that. That was the longest one. I mean, that one we pulled, took a break, pulled, took a break, pulled, took a break. Uh, and eventually we got past it. 
But that whole day led up to us just having to find camp because around around like six, maybe a little earlier, clouds getting really bad and we start hearing thunder. We have this 16-foot uh, flagpole on the ship, steel fl- or metal flagpole with the American flag on it. Basically just a moving lightning rod, and some people were getting concerned. So we decided to set up camp. Everyone sets their tents up. Everyone, we, basically the idea was you got to get set up because when the rain hits, every, if you're not, everything's soaked. So many people bought, brought tarps, not all of us, very ill-prepared. But the ones who did, we figured out ways. So me, Dave, and Greg all got under one pretty small tarp. I mean, our three hammocks were, were situated in a way not directly above each other, but like left, right, left. From top down, it went me, Dave, Greg. You, If your hand f- flopped over your hammock, it didn't fall all the way down before it hit someone else. Like It wasn't hanging there. It was basically like a bent elbow laying on top of the other person, which actually turned out kind of nice because it actually made it a little bit warmer in there. But... So we got that set up. Uh, They made like this tent city. They had this big ass, I don't know, the thing was minimum 20 by 20. And they (laughs) they tied it up in all these different spots and got this really large like 15 foot uh, stick that they propped in the middle to give it like a, they called it the Taj Mahal to give it kind of a point to let the water run down. But water was collecting in other spots and it was a mess. But they managed to fit five hammocks in there, which was incredible. And if you're doing the math right now, that's eight people. The ninth guy, Brandon, he just it he just put his hammock up in the middle of two trees and just slept there. Rain or not, he didn't care. But it worked out in his favor. So we got that all set up and we got a fire immediately. It was like half of us were doing one thing, half of us were doing another. We got a, a pretty good fire going, like a, what you would consider a large campfire going. And the rain starts to come. And when I say the rain starts to come, I'm not talking about drizzles. It started as a drizzle as all rain does. But this was not like an hour long, just like, oh, it's raining outside. This was like a five minute long, oh, it's raining outside. And then an hour long blast from hell. I'm talking like one of the best downpours I've ever been in. So we're all like, we got to keep get, pile wood on this. We got to get this covered. Uh, we can't let this go out. If this fire goes out and we don't have anything dry for the rest of the night, this is going to suck. So the rain's coming down. Everyone's stuff staying dry under their tarps. We did finish that beforehand. But we were in a spot. So if you're from New York and you listen to this, first off, thank you for listening to this. Uh, if not, there is a town in it's Owego, which used to be known for its floods. In 2006, they had one of the worst floods in their history. The water was something like, 20, what did they say, 28 feet high? I'll have to look it up. It was literally taking houses and not just like mobile homes. It was ripping houses off of their foundations and taking them away. It was a massive, massive disaster, destroyed a lot of stuff in Owego. Well, where we decided to camp on the Susquehanna, which was the main river that flooded and caused all this and also took everything away, was like a collection site almost. It was like an island with really dense trees. So we had unlimited firewood of anything from like house lumber to just branches and broken trees and stuff. So we didn't care the size. Didn't matter if it was four feet long or 15 feet long you carried it to the fire and you set it next to it we started that right before the rain to you know keep stuff dry well the fire just spread over to that so then the rain's really starting to come down and we decide pile fire or wood on top of it to create kind of like a little lean-to for the fire yes the fire will eventually burn it but the goal is to get water to run away from the middle you know the really hot the white hot embers and it got to the point we built a pile of wood like six feet tall. I mean, it was taller than I am. 
And the flames were double that. The rain, it was so, it was raining so hard you weren't, you couldn't keep your eyes open because the water running down your face was like someone pouring a pitcher. I'm not exaggerating. That may sound like I'm exaggerating, but I, I swear to God, I was not drunk at this time. I drank probably the least alcohol on this trip just because I'm a little guy and I, I don't want to ruin it. If I get drunk too fast, they'll have to care for me or just leave me laying somewhere. And that would be a real dick move on my part. So I really didn't drink a lot. But the water's coming down. We're running. We're on like this muddy, grassy nonsense. And we're, oh, oh, it was the, that, remember, or if you listened to it last year's episode, I was talking about this time where we were rowing and the lightning storm hits and we got, that's that S-band part. So lightning's hitting, it's raining almost that hard, not quite last year. And I'm just rowing and the, the s convoy that we have of boats tied together kind of did this cool whip thing and caught a current it was much higher last year caught a current and we took off that was incredible this might rival that for one of the best moments i've ever had camping we're all in bathing suits we're all soaking wet and we're just sprinting around the island connecting wood everybody's kind of like or i was i shouldn't say everybody was trying to best each other how big of a piece of wood can you put on this how much can you get we built this massive bonfire that the rain couldn't even attempt to put out it was incredible to sit there and just watch it roar despite a faucet being turned on over top of it and it turns out it did its job exactly we were actually able to stop in the downpour and it still went on past the rain so as the rain teeters out and rains lighter then it comes back a little stronger lighter comes back a little stronger the fire stays strong it was so hot when the rain stopped you couldn't be within about 10 feet of it like walking by it just to get by someone was almost painful and for some of us with sunburn i didn't get too much but with some of us with sunburn that shit pointed it out instantly you knew exactly where you had sunburn and it hurt like the dickens so that that was easily the the best one that was that was without a doubt the best uh moment of the whole camping trip so we're sitting around i actually got really tired we cooked up the catfish that spence caught those things i felt so bad tied to a boat in the raft uh, that we switched them halfway through because spencer had to do a bunch of stuff and he didn't want them being dragged anymore but can you imagine the shallow parts they literally were just getting bopped off rocks but we finally did them in and we cooked them spencer did this like lemon juice butter garlic butter herb stuff on them he brought his own stuff and it was pretty minimalistic and then he we had a big cast iron pan. We cooked everything in this whole trip, whether it was ground beef or burgers or bacon. or We made an egg quiche. We made two camping egg quiches with chopped up onions, green peppers, uh, bacon, and eggs. And I ch- and one had potatoes in it. And all of it was chopped with, a- with an axe. Not a little hatchet. A full-on wood-splitting axe. You just held it with your hand and just kind of popped it down on whatever surface you had, whether it be a rock or a tree. Oh, oh so outdoorsy. We were so trashy. But we made that quiche. That was incredible. So we had this cast iron pan. He cooked the catfish in there, ate a bunch of that, got everybody's stuff situated. Rain was finally done, so we all got into dry clothes, and I was dead. They all stayed up. I don't know what they did. There was food left to eat. They were uh, Spencer brought some fresh bread with him that they baked on the fire. Like I'm sure they had a great night, but I just couldn't take it. I was I did not sleep the night before. I dramatically overestimated what I need for warmth. So I was in my entire sleeping bag the night before, uh, and 
I was just cooking. So throughout the night, I was waking up and like rotating the sleeping bag off me. So it was just covering me. And then the right in the morning, it actually got cold. So I tried to get back. It was a mess. So I was exhausted. So I went to bed in my little hammock. They came in at some point and then I woke up and I had to pee so bad it hurt. Like I kept putting it off because once I got out of that hammock to how close we were to each other, once I got out, I could not get back in. I could get out without disturbing them, but I could not, you know, you can't be graceful getting into a hammock. It's all a balancing act. Oh, that, oh, I forgot to mention that. That was one of the best parts ever. Setting up our hammocks, I got into test mine and the knot broke free and I went perfect belly flop onto the ground from about seven feet in the air. Oh my God, that was, so Greg was there setting his up. So he, I, like my head brushed his chest on the way down it was the most instantaneous experience of my life. Like, I didn't hear the pop. I didn't feel the hit of the ground. All I felt was my knee hurt because apparently that hit first or something. And everything else hit so smoothly. It was just one minute I was there. Next minute was on. I was on the ground. And I could not stop laughing. My knee hurt, but everything else, my I don't know why. My face didn't hurt. My neck didn't hurt from like a whiplash or anything. My chest didn't hurt from hitting first. You know, I didn't hit any rocks or branches. That was, it, I just, me and Greg were just dying laughter. I mean, that was one of those belly laughs that kind of hurt. And it, but it also was like insult to injury because I was like, just made a complete fool of myself. And the rest of the night I was terrified to get into my hammock, even though I like quadruple knotted everything. But anyways, got out of my hammock the next morning and uh, the fire was still going. Not big by any means, but there was still red embers. The fire was done, but there was red embers and charred wood. So all I did was take all of, because remember I said we there was really long pieces. All I did was fold them up on top of it, you know, and it, in, I mean, not five minutes later started up. I sat there by myself for, I don't know, I was sitting there for maybe an hour, like sleeping in the chair, kind of, slash just thinking about stuff and enjoying myself. Uh, and then everybody slowly gets up, you know, the usual thing. I'm skipping a lot because it's, it's like I said, the key points. Plus I'm already over half hour, which is dope. And, uh, the cool thing about this this raft whenever we were on the water was there's lots of bridges you go past. Uh, the Susquehanna is pretty large and it goes through all the towns. Every bridge we went past pretty much, people were honking and waving. A tractor trailer freaking let off a bunch of big honks. And that was incredible and that's relevant for later. So we wake up and everyone's slowly like super dead. At this point, the keg's well over halfway gone. And we were using the keg. There was a rule, no wasting beer. So if you had to rinse your cup out or the beer got warm, you threw it at someone or you threw it on yourself. Dave was the biggest uh, biggest uh, advocate of this. If he, if he had his cup, he put a sprig in there, splashed it on his face because it was ice cold, and then filled it up to actually drink it. And that was hilarious. But by the last day, there was still so much beer. Keg's way better, by the way. $100 was how much? What was it? No, because we all gave him 10 bucks. $100 for the keg of uh, Coors Light. And compared to buying, that's 100, I mean, there's some discrepancies here. Some people say 165, some people say 180, whatever. Let's just say 170 for this. 170 beers for 100 bucks? That's incredible. Compared to all the 30 racks we brought last year, spent more than that and got less beer out of it. And we ran out. Um, at the end of the trip, it came into our washing water. Like if you were dirty, you just took the tap, pumped it, and sprayed yourself. If you're plate was filthy you did it if you we cleaned off the fish with the beer we cleaned off vegetables with the beer like that was your go-to liquid and it was actually kind of awesome i would do that again but i don't know why that popped into my head it was just a funny thought of part of what we were doing so 
We got back on the water the next morning, and we realized Brandon had to leave, so he left. He parked his truck at the beginning of it at that point, because we thought we were going to get past it. So he parked his truck in Sarah at last year's pickup with the intention of getting out early in the morning and backtracking to his truck. Well, instead he was going forward this time, and we're like, yeah, we'll meet, you know, you go, you you got to be home, you have school the next day, whatever. Uh, the rest, not high school, college people. And uh, we were like, well, it's going to take us hours. Don't worry about it. We get in the water. He's been gone for, I don't know, half hour. We start going down the water. Everyone is fucking so exhausted. Everyone has to paddle because it moves so slowly. We had to guarantee we would get there by the end of the day. We have to paddle. Spencer's boat is out of battery, his motor. So we can't use that to like really push us that hard at all. It was miserable. And then... We, we, we're not we're not 30 minutes on the water we look up and there's a boat launch right there and we're like are you freaking kidding me and everyone's kind of looking at each other like do do we do it do i don't know do do we do it and uh we all agreed to do it and we were kind of the water was moving us past it so we had to turn the boat and everyone just had to start giving it hell and this was actually probably the most like energetic we were the entire trip because we just wanted to go home paddle it over there get it up everything off uh, pull it up off all the edges. Wasn't actually that bad. And then we called Renee, which is Nate's uh, girlfriend, fiance, wife, I think girlfriend, and tell him, you know, or she he tells her to come on. She says, okay, that's fine. She comes on out, and what we have about an hour before she got there. So we just start taking the boat apart and cleaning everyone's stuff up. Went over, got our got our trucks, came back to load up. When we got back, Kyle was telling us. There was this guy, this redneck who stopped in, older man, probably in his 60s, uh, who pulled in and he's like, oh, you boys, I saw you on the river yesterday before that rain started. I love that ref. That's so cool. Asking him questions. Who built it? How'd you guys do this? You know, how'd it turn out? Just super excited to see it. And it was, it felt so good because I was talking to a guy at work today and he's like, why didn't you guys just buy a little pontoon? I mean, you can buy those things for a grand or 500 bucks, which we spent 500 bucks on building this thing. And that just, you lose the majesty there. It's not nearly as cool. It's not even half as exciting as what we did. This, this one has obviously more risk involved. The thing might fail and it's not as well built and it's heavier, but he built it slash we built it. This was an experience that had, I, I completely disagree with him saying we should have just bought a boat. But anyways, this was one of those, those moments where it paid off. This guy was legitimately excited that kids were out. Well, we're not kids anymore, but you know how it is. Someone older than you calls you a kid, that these kids are out here just having a good time on the river. And that just felt really good to, to hear that he stopped by and say that. But we got it back. We got it all unloaded or loaded, I should say. And, uh, took off and got it back to Dave's and unloaded. I was, I was dead. I mean, I was, I slept well that night, but I was still, you know, I still woke up dramatically earlier and went to bed later than I normally would. And I wanted to come home. I wanted to see my wife. I was getting homesick. I was getting anxious. So I went and saw my mom and dad and I actually had a wonderful dinner there. Dad made uh, shrimp. He, he grilled these, um, what's the seasoning habanero salt but there was something else that's called kick ass kicking kicking whatever on the shrimp and he had kebabs and he went out and grilled it up and i was like half asleep and they were like just take a nap or take a shower or whatever but i got to have that i got to see my brother travis his wife and, and their daughter i got to see my older brother andy his wife and all five of the friggin' kids the rascals 
I got to see my grandma and it was wonderful and I really want to I really want to go stay the night there. Every time we come home, we stay somewhere else or we're only home for a day or whatever. But I would really like to do that, go home and stay with them. But all in all, I got there, did that, and then I decided, screw it, I'm coming home. And I had the worst drive. A five-hour drive, four-hour, 40-minute drive turned into almost a seven-hour drive because of nonstop traffic. And I got home at like midnight. I think I got home 1130 or something. And that was just, ugh. And then the next morning, Franny had to get up. Oh, it was awful. So tired. But... If there's one thing to take away from this, A, wait, how can I say that? That doesn't make, if there's a few things to take away, from, if there's a few things to take away from this, A, camping is incredible with your friends, do it. B, don't drive after spending three days on the river with no energy drinks and barely any, like a ton of traffic that you're just sitting still in. You will fall asleep. I didn't, but I'm saying... There's a pretty good chance you will, and I was very close to. And C, I don't have a C for you. This trip was incredible. It was it was not as good as last year. It had high points. It had that point where I fell on the hammock and was laughing. It had the sliding down the rocks, like the you know redneck water slide. It, it had the drinks. It had the food. There was definitely high points. There was one, <laughs> Zach. I love Zach so much, but he couldn't. I had this. I have this little. Uh, mess kit for boiling water and stuff he could not figure out how to get that off the fire even though four of us had already done it before him and we were tired in the morning and already drinking so we're just kind of like that was one of those times where you couldn't breathe laughing kind of like the belly laugh i was talking about when i fell it was kind of like that except for more so of not funny just exhaustion that you can't seem to comprehend what's going on that was uh, it had points like that that were just the pinnacle of like fun just fun there there was no reason to laugh at it there was no care no one was paying attention to anything we were all just having a damn good time but i should have cut my hair before it i got really long hair right now and i could not run my fingers through it and when i washed my hair at my mom's i did take a shower there i swear i was pulling tufts of hair out like just knots of hair literally coming out and i was holding in my hand and i was like this isn't good i'm losing half my hair but that's neither here nor there um, I do want to set up me and Craig and I'm, I think Craig said he wants a little bit, you know, more babyish camping or in his words, weenie hut general. So, you know, that would work perfectly for maybe like me, Deej and Jake and Nick Craig go out and, and do some camping or I do want to do it. Uh, James and Jeff, JJ already bowed out. He's not a camper, but James and Jeff, I would love to do some camping with. Um, I want to keep this up. There's still plenty of summer. There's it's not long. I mean, I am closing on a house, so I'm going to be a little busy uh, with doing stuff like that. But that's neither here nor freaking there. I, there's plenty of time to camp. Uh, so I'm going to do more. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of this episode. So for real, that time. I'm not joshing you. Next week is going to be a Halloween in July episode. If it is not, there's nothing you can, fucking, nothing you can do about it. I'm in charge of this thing. Try to boss me around. But that is the plan. It is Evil Dead. DJ's choice. It's going to be wonderful. Also, I think I'm going to go through and number all these episodes. I'm looking through all these podcasts of uh, other people I follow and listen to and stuff like that. I, I They're all numbered, and maybe that would help me figure out what that stupid camping episode was that I can't seem to remember. But I, I, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, snooping. What a wonderful and fantastic. Maybe, I, maybe that was on my What Did I Just Say podcast. 
Oh, that's that. I might have been hustling you this whole time. Let me see. Oh, crap. I, di I, I did you guys out. Oh, crap. And there's only two episodes on there because I had to. Damn it. Okay, never mind. I very well might have put that on the What Did I Just Say episode or uh, podcast I used to do with Jeff, which one day hopefully get to do again with Jeff. So I can't actually judge you that aggressively. So if there is one in here where I did talk about it, cool. Go to town, listen to it. If not, I apologize for being really aggressive and telling you you were dumb for not being able to find it. Otherwise, this has been Men of the Machine. Of course I am Kevin, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.